are here this morning to celebrate and talk about the power that our Lord has for each and every one of us working in and through each and every one of us this morning. What the Lord has taxed upon me today is to understand for all of us, to understand the protection and the love that he has for each and every one of us. Never became more apparent than as we're planning to leave for Israel because you have the unsettledness that are over there. Uh, I was talking to Pastor Jeff this morning in Israel, and he says, tell everybody, I miss them terribly. And he sent me a picture of him with Israel in the background. It was, it was just awesome. Jerusalem, downtown Jerusalem. You know, there's 70 of us headed out. A whole, uh, there's a bus right now heading into L.A., and Mary and I are leading a group this afternoon here out of Palm Springs, heading over to the land. It just made me more and more think about God's protection in our life, and where, you know, and is he there? Because, you know, you, know, you look around and you start, you start wondering, how, how's everybody doing, you know, with the tension that's in the country and around the world, right? All you could do is turn on the news and stuff going on with China, issues happening in Russia, Iraq, North Korea, Iran, here at home, right? We're dealing with wildfires, dealing recently with the Hurricane Florence. And so many of us, I think, are realizing how a catastrophe halfway around our country or even just in Northern California, how it affects us right here at home. And then, of course, we got the recent elections, okay, that are still impacting already a dire situation in this country, right? So how are you dealing with things? How would you deal with your family over Thanksgiving? How did you do? How are you dealing with the gas prices? Did you notice they're going back up again, right? They're starting to rise, you know? How do you feel that you're at the mercies of the oil cartels, right? They slow production down so they could raise the prices, Right? How's your marriages doing? How are your finances? How are the kids and the grandkids? How's your health? Dealing with any personal losses, holidays are at one of those times of year as we think about that stuff. How are you facing or how are you dealing with what might seem insurmountable or overwhelming situations? Do you feel safe? Do you feel secure? Is there anybody here f- have feeling any fear or anxiety? Am I the only one? Does anybody have any? You know, God throughout the Bible has many names. Society have given him names as remembrances of how God rescued them out of dire situations. He had names like the God who provides, the God who heals, the God who's our redeemer, the God who's our shield. And it goes on and on and on and on, all the names that people had for God. But one of the names that I think fits our current situation, and I believe God wants to reveal this to each and every one of you and everybody listening on live stream today, And I think it just shouts out God's love like we were singing in that song this morning. Talks about how much he loves us and cares for us and is covering of us. The name is Jehovah Nissi, which means I'm the God who defends you. I'm the God who protects you. It literally means I'm your banner. Have you ever seen those old movies or pictures in scripture where it shows people going into battle and they're holding those flags up and they got banners and they're walking into battle? Okay, that represented who you were under, who, whose protection were you under. So as they marched into battle, they were doing that. Or that famous photo from World War II, was it Iwo Jima? Am I saying it right? Where, thank you. Where they went up there, and the, so it's the American flag, the protection of who you're under. One of the greatest examples, I think, of being under God's protection, being under God's banner, 
And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 2 Chronicles. All right, turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. We're going to look, and that's just where we're going to stay. I'm not going to have you turn anywhere else but 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Because you see the story, I'm just going to kind of outline the story before we get into the scripture. The story goes that there are three enemy nations, and they decided to team up against Israel. The king of Israel at the time was this guy named Jehoshaphat. He's got a triple threat, though. The odds are three to one. Three enemy nations are going to come to battle against little Israel. You would think this would be a story of defeat. You would think this would be a story of devastation, but it's not. Listen, God doesn't put these stories in here, okay, in the Bible just to teach us history lessons. It's so much more. There are principles that we're supposed to learn from these, from when we're facing overwhelming odds. Listen, if you're not facing any overwhelming odds right now, you will, okay? I mean, Jesus was very clear about that, okay? Principles to learn that when you're in the battle of life, I, I want you to be able to pull on these. Because I know some of you are facing a financial battle. Some of you are facing a relationship battle. Some of you are in a battle with a disease. These principles... Apply to the battles that you're going to face today, that you're going to face tomorrow, and that you're going to face in the future, and what we're going to face as a nation. So in our story today, a crisis situation has presented itself. The king is fearful. He's afraid about what is going to happen, and who wouldn't be? Three nations teaming up, ganging up against him. I'd be afraid too. But you know what he did? Let's read this together. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judea and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord before the new court, and he said, now before I go over what he said, okay, the king went and stood before the entire nation. And you're ready for this? He's getting ready to pray out loud. Imagine that. Listen how he prayed. I want you to listen how he encouraged not only his family, but an entire nation in an overwhelming situation. Because there's three great examples in here for each of you. I, gave, I put out notes this week because I wanted you to have something to hold on to. There are three examples in his prayer that are great for all of us. Listen to what he says in verse 6. He goes, Oh Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. Look at everyone. He's saying this. If you're taking notes, I'm telling you, or write in your Bible. If you want to write in your Bibles next to this, here's the number one thing I want you to catch on. He says, remind yourself of who God is. Remind yourself of who he is. You know, God is bigger than the problem you're gonna, you're, that you're facing or will be facing. Your God is all-powerful. There is nothing that is too hard for him. Absolutely nothing. With God, all things are possible. Yes, it's all possible. It's okay. You can talk back with me. It's okay. God is bigger than anything I will ever face and you will ever face. Right off the bat, he's starting with this. Right off the bat with the scriptures. And he's saying also, and here's the second point I want you to catch. He goes, remind you. Remind yourself. What, what did God do for you in the past? 
Recall the times when God helped you. Remember the miracles that he's already done in your life. Pause and think back. Psalm 66, 5 through 6 says, Come and see what our God has done. What awesome miracles he's performed for his people. He made a dry path through the Red Sea, and his people went across on foot. There we rejoiced in him, for by his great power he rules forever. Look at 1 Samuel 12, 7. If you just make, just make notes in the sidelines of your, on 2 Chronicles, he says, Stand here quietly before the Lord as I, what? Remind you of the great things the Lord has done for you and your ancestors. Friends, let me talk. Spiritual markers are really important to hang on to in our lives when we're going through difficult situations. What I mean by that is I, someone painted a picture for me years ago. His name was Henry Blackaby. And he painted this picture. And he goes, when you're going through difficult times in life, he goes, look back at the, the spiritual buoys in your life. And when I first re- when I read that, I go, what does he mean by that? And he goes, envision in your mind's eye that behind you there's an ocean. And there's these buoys anchored in it. And each one of those buoys represent a time in your life when you thought, I am never going to get through that situation. Anybody ever have any of those? Thank you. But you did. And then you got through another one. And you made it again. Remind yourself. Look back. You know, when you're, whatever you may be facing today or will be facing tomorrow or a year from now or five years from now, look back on the markers. I never thought I'd make it there. How did I make it? How about all of us now, as we're older in age, we're there days you wonder, are you ever going to make your mortgage payment? <laughs> I wasn't the only one, was I? Right, right. Remember those months going, oh man, I ran out of money before I ran out of month, right? It was like, oh my God, I'll bet get through all this. But you made it. And sometimes you never look and go, how did we do that? Friends, remember that when it comes to God working powerfully through your life, look back on those markers and you think you're not going to make it, you will make it. And I'll guarantee that those markers in your life, if they're like mine, it didn't turn out the way that I thought it would. I made it through not the way that I thought I would make it through it. But through it, I made it not only through it, but I grew from it in a tremendous way. So I encourage you, remind yourself who he is. And then the third thing, ask him for help. Hey, God, how about an instant replay? You know that marker, the third one back? How about an instant replay on that one? Do it again for me, will you? It's like a little kid. Do it again, Daddy. Do it again. None of this is too hard for you, God. Absolutely nothing. You helped me in the past. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 7. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find it. Keep on knocking and the door will be open for you. All you have to do is trust in God who's got all the power that you need. You don't have it, but he does. Trust him. It's the message God wants to get across this morning to all, every, each and every, trust him. All you do is trust in God who's got all the power. Look at Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding and always acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Powerful, isn't it? How about Isaiah 41.10? Fear not. (laughs) Fear not. I'm with you. Don't be dismayed. I'm your God. What are you dealing with? Look, don't don't be dismayed. I'm with you. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I will uphold you with my right righteous hands. 
Friends, let me tell you. I've shared with this before with this church. These are promises from God. And you've heard me share this before, but I want to reiterate again. A promise is only as good as the person that gives it to you. Right? Has anybody broken a promise to anybody in this room? Have you broken a promise to anybody in this room? Can I tell you? That God's promise, God keeps his promises. These are his promises to each and every one of us. Each and every one of us are his kids. Can I tell you, can I encourage you? This book is full of promises. There's over 7,000 of them in here. Look, at, if you don't have one of these, you've got to get one of these. Okay? I'm telling you, it's awesome. You've got to get one. The stuff that's in here, the promises that are in here, this is God, for, it's for us. It's powerful. You gotta get one if you don't have one. Listen, this king that we're looking at in our story today, this nation, they got trust in God. Listen to what Jehoshaphat does next. Look at what he prays. For we, verse 12, for we are powerless before this great multitude. Boy, I I can relate. Who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but is this not great? But what? Our Our eyes are on you, God. Our eyes are on you. Listen, you need not to focus on your problem. You need to focus on God. Okay? This is the biggest biggest mistake people make when we get overwhelmed. When we're overwhelmed, all we tend to see is the problem. Right? We don't look to God. We look to the problem. Instead of putting our eyes on him, we put the eyes on the problem. You know, a few months back, I was talking about um, uh, extreme skiing. Okay? And skiers would go through... um, wooded areas as they're going down a hill skiing, right? And so the object was, the, the game, the fun was to ski in between the, the trees, okay? All right, but we know Sonny Bono hit a tree, right? I mean, it's like, so you got to be careful going down it. So the key, the guy said, the key is, don't look at the tree. Because if you stare at the problem, you're going to hit it. You look for the space in between the trees. When you're facing your problems in life, can I encourage you, don't look at the tree in front of you because you're going to hit it. Look. For the space in between, look for the light that comes from our God and Father in heaven. Look for that. Listen, God knows that his people need to hear from him. Okay, God knows I I, I need to hear from him. But listen what he says here. Verse 15. He goes, listen, all of Judea and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, 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 and you. Do not fear. Or be dismayed because of what stands before you, what you're struggling with. For the battle is not yours. It's God's. Friends, the reason why so many of us are fatigued all the time, why we seem tired all the time, is because we're trying to fight the battles that belong to God. Man, let me say it again. I should get paid for this stuff. Oh, I do. But listen. Listen. This is powerful. No, seriously, this is a powerful, right? Look at Sometimes we're trying to fight battles that aren't our battles at all. They're God's battles, okay? That's sometimes our biggest problem. We're trying to fight battles that aren't, his, that aren't ours in the first place. Listen, when you or I come to Christ and say this, Jesus, I want to serve you for the rest of my life. I want you to be my master And I'll be your servant. You know what happens right then? That's powerful. You know what happens? When I put myself in the servant position, the master now assumes responsibility for all the needs of his servant. The battle's not mine anymore. 
It's his. Can I let you let this sink in? I hope you let, let this sink in. You know, it's real hard in America for us not to be the masters of our own life. But you know, this is really nice when you can be a servant. Because listen to what God's saying. Stop trying to do everything. Turn it over to me. Let me take care of you. Because let me tell you, friends, that's the answer. It's what Pastor Jeff always teaches about, you know, that 90-degree, 180 turn. You know, you probably, I mean, I'm sure you all know what he's talking about, right? We leave our home in Egypt, the way of life of the world teaches us. We make this 90-degree turn. We turn towards God and say, God, well, you know what? For as much as I know about you, I, I give my life to you. Uh, whatever that pastor guy was talking about or a woman, you know what? I, I, I want what they have. But so many of us stop right here. We just give our life to God. We get our get-out-of-hell-free card, and we never go any farther. Jeff would always say, why don't you do the full 180? Give your life 100% to him, whatever you need me to do or do in my life. The Jeff taught me it's the 180. Whatever it is, I am your servant. You guide and direct me. I've been guiding and directing my life, and it's not turned out that great. Okay, Lord, I need you to guide and direct my place. We do the 180 turn, friends. This is what we're talking about here today. Verse 17 says, God says, you don't need to fight in the battle. What? You don't need to fight in the battle. They're going up against three armies. I go, what kind of battle is that? What do you mean we're not going to fight? Can you imagine Jehoshaphat going, what do you mean? I got, I'm surrounded. What do you mean we're not going to fight in this battle? This is for all of us. Station yourself. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Oh, Judea and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed, because tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. What does it mean, station yourself? It means to stand strong. It's a mental attitude. It's an attitude of quiet confidence. I'm not going to get ahead of God, but I'm not going to back up either. I'm going to stay put. And I'm going to watch God work. I'm going to stand strong. I'm not going to turn tail and run. I'm not going to back down. Don't miss this. Look, at I, one of the things I always do in my messages, I have a don't miss this point. So it's the first time you're hearing me. This is, I only say this because if you forget everything else I said, I want you to remember this. If you fell asleep 10 minutes ago, I want you to remember the don't miss this. <laughs> one of the most important truths you have to learn in this life, it is never God's will for you to run from a difficult situation. Never. Never. Because if you do, he's going to bring it back again. He wants you to learn from a very difficult situation. And if you don't learn, believe me, he provides the opportunity for you to deal with it again. I've had a few of them. Friends, you know, I, I talk about this preacher once in a while because this is where I got it from. His name is T.D. Jakes. He's this big black preacher dressed in nines, you know, and he parades around the stage, and you know, and he sweats like crazy, and the spirit of God just flows through the guy. But one day, man, I was sitting, and it's like, do you ever feel like sometimes when someone's preaching to you or teaching you, like, like somehow they read your email and they're talking right to you? Okay, right? Well, this happened this day. And he looked right at me, and it was like he was looking through the television, looking right at me, and he goes, it's never God's will for you to walk away from anything that he had put before you. Because if you do, Paul, is what it felt like he was saying, he's going to make you take another lap. You, hey, how about some of the guys here? Remember when your coach said, give me another lap. Another time around the gym. You didn't learn what I told you to do. Give me 10, give me 20. Another lap. Listen, 
It's never God's will for us. You'll keep bringing it around and around and around. Listen, when you gave your life to Jesus, you might not have realized what you did. (laughs) Not only did you gain eternal salvation, you did. You gave him full authority to do whatever he has to do to develop you into everything you were created to be. And he'll keep working on you. He'll never leave you alone. That's why Jesus said, I will never forsake you. I'll never leave you. And I'm not going to leave you in the state that you're in. I'm going to change your life for you. And I'm going to keep bringing it around until you're willing to face it. And I'll walk it with you and walk you through it. Friends, we all need to stand firm. We need to stand firm. Like Jehoshaphat tells us in verse 20. He said, listen to me, all Judean inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Oh, another don't miss this. Okay, wake up. Another don't miss this. You stand on two things. What do you stand on? Two things. The character of God, the word of God. You want to know what you do in your life and situations? You stand on two things. You trust his character. You stand on God's character, and you stand on his word. Okay, that is so powerful. Now, where do you hear this part of the story? Verse 21. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire. As they went out before the army, he said, Give thanks to the Lord, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Okay. Now, to me, it looks like a very unusual way to organize an army. Jehoshaphat's battle plan is to put the choir before the army. Think about that. Okay, before the Humvees and the tanks, okay, and the Apache helicopters and all that, I want the uh, worship team out front, okay? And I want them marching out front with the flag, and I want them singing. I mean, right, right, so picture this. No, this is, uh, picture this. On the mountain that's surrounding them, three enemy nations amassed, ready. Jehoshaphat says, we're going to take you who sing, this is what he said, and make a choir out of you, and you're going to be in the front. It'd be like taking Thomas Paradise and a few of the people here to do our worship and say, hey, we're sending you, you know, to Afghanistan or Iraq or whatever, and we're going to have you get out in front of everybody and start singing. But they're out there, and they're singing thanks to God, and they're praising, they're walking into battle, and they're singing with their banners, and they're bouncing up and down. The enemy's like, what? Right? Can't you imagine? What is going on here? Can I tell you, there's great symbolism in that for every one of us here today. They were thanking God in advance for the victory before it ever happened. They were, uh, listen, you see, praise and thanksgiving is verbalized faith. If you thank God after the fact, that's gratitude. If you thank God before it happens, that's faith. And look what happened. Look at the effect of their praise. Verse 22 and 23. When they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judea. So they were routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rolled up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. At the moment, they began to sing and to praise the Lord because the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, at that moment, they began fighting among themselves, those armies, and they destroyed each other. Now listen to this, verse 24. 
When Judea came to the lookout of the wilderness, they looked towards the multitude. And behold, there were corpses lying on the ground. No one escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found much among them, including goods, garments, valuable things, which they took for themselves more than they could carry. They were three days taking the spoil because there was so much. There's a whole, I could teach a whole message just on that. Look at, I don't know about you, all right? I don't know about any of you listening on live stream. Can I tell you, there's power in thanking God. Can I tell you, there's power in praising God. And there's power in expecting God to work in your life. Let me say it again. I should have made that a don't miss this. But there's power in thanking him. And there's power in praising him. And there's power in expecting him that he's going to work in that situation in your life. There's power in it. God confused the enemy and they start fighting and they kill themselves. They turned on each other as Israelite looked on. Don't you see the symbolism of this and God in our lives? You're worried about this. and Let God do the battle for you. Just look on. Praise him and thank him in advance. But here's the question to ask you. You know that insurmountable problem that you got in your life? The one that the odds are probably stacked against you? When are you going to start thanking God? After it's solved? That's gratitude. How about right now? While you're in the problem, while you see it coming at you, how about thanking God now? See, that's faith. Thanking God in advance. You want to hear how the story ends? This is on. You guys are here, right? You want to hear how the story ends? Every man of Judea and Jerusalem returned with Jehoshaphat as their head, returning to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. They came to Jerusalem with harps and lyres and trumpets to the house of the Lord, and the dread of God was on all the kingdoms of the land when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God gave him rest on all sides. Friends, can I tell you, when we trust in the power of the Holy Spirit, and the power of our Lord and Savior and our Father in heaven to work in things in our life, it will bring peace. That you can settle right in the middle of whatever battles will come your way or whatever battles you're in and be able to sit there and go, my God is in charge. Those kingdoms feared God. They saw firsthand what he can do. They were awestruck by his power. That's why the songs that we play this morning is the power of the God that we serve. We sometimes forget who he is. Friends, I believe the leaders... Many leaders in the Christian community have inadvertently downsized God. <laughs> they have too long painted this picture that God's some kind of docile God. Can I tell you? He's anything but. When people in Scripture have come into the presence of, any, uh, presence of God, it is anything but docile. Listen to what John said. He walked with Jesus, okay? And when he saw Jesus in his full glory in the book of Revelation, he goes, when I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. That means he passed out. When he saw God and his glory and the power, he passed out. Do you ever realize every time an angel appeared, the first words out of their mouth, do not be afraid. <laughs> Look at Psalms 33. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Isaiah 33, 6. And he will be the stability of your times. Boy, do we need him now. 
He's a wealth of salvation. He's a wealth of wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. You see, without the fear of the Lord, we're not going to understand why we should even follow Jesus, okay? Without the fear of the Lord, we don't understand the power that's available to us through the Holy Spirit in each and every one of our lives. Did you know God loves to demonstrate his power to those who just believe in him? Sorry, I got allergies. To those who just believe in him and let him work in his lives. Look, if you're facing a difficult circumstance this week, if you feel like the odds are against you, you think your problem is overwhelming, what do you do? You turn to God. Jehovah Nisi. The God who defends you. The God who protects you. Never let an impossible situation intimidate you. Please hear me. Never let an impossible situation intimidate you. Let it motivate you to pray more. Pray more. Let it motivate you to trust more. Let it motivate you to expect more from God. Let it motivate you to depend on him even more. Let me say it again. That should be another don't miss this. Listen. Let it motivate you to pray. Serious. Whatever you could look at. Let it motivate you to pray. You're in this situation. Let it motivate you. I'm, i got to trust in the Lord in this. I'm bringing this before you. Let it motivate you. Expect him, to, expect him to work in it. Let it motivate you to depend on him. I know he can get me through this. My Lord will get me through this. Wave God's banner over your life. Wave it for the world to see. Shout it out. Come under the protection of God. It's time as individuals, it's time as a church family to come under the protection of God right now more than ever in our life. United we stand under the banner of our Lord. What is your insurmountable situation? Can I tell you there are times we need to stand firm. And sometimes we just need to be held by our Lord and Savior. Savior. 